Welcome to the podcast. I am Shane Barker, your host of Shane Barker's Marketing Madness Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the content marketing execution. My guest, Katie Lance, is the co-founder and CEO of Katie Lance Consulting. She's been working with agents and brokers for the past decade and helping use social media the smart way. Listen as she discusses the various pillars of content marketing strategy and also learn about the challenges you may face during content marketing execution. We'll get this thing started. So why don't you tell us a little bit about where did you grow up? I mean, I, I think you're in California now, but where did you, did you originally grow up in California? Give us a little background. Yeah, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area, uh, about an hour outside San Francisco, just in the suburbs <laughs> and uh, live kind of close to where I grew up, really. I lived in a lot of different areas, but my family's here in California and, uh, you know, you can't beat the weather. <laughs> so I think I'm a California girl for sure. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So I, I'm in Sacramento, California right now. And I, you know, I teach at UCLA. So I'm down in Southern California, but I love Northern California, just the weather and just everything about it. My brother lives in San Francisco as well, him and his wife. So nice. we're in San Francisco actually quite about, or at least the San Francisco area. I love Sacramento because it's a nice little hub and I can go jump into the crazy San Francisco life or go down to LA and live that life or go to the beach or whatever. Yeah. And I can come back here what's a little cheaper and a little more economical, but, <laughs> yeah. um, but I do love the Bay Area for sure. That's like, it doesn't get anything better when it comes to funding and startups and, Absolutely. and a lot of good stuff happening out there for sure. Yep. What about your family? So you obviously you grew up in the Bay Area. Like, did you have a pretty big family, small family? Like kind of give us a little background. Well, my extended family is, is pretty large. So I just have one brother. Um, my parents are sort of like the leave it to beaver family. They've been married forever. <laughs> so I've been very blessed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I have a younger brother. He's six years younger than me. Uh, but my dad has a really big family. He's one of 12. So wow. on my dad's side, I have like, I don't know, 70 or 80 cousins and extended family members. And it's, you know, it's kind of a small army whenever we get together, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny, we have some parallels. My brother is six and a half years younger than me. And we were the only two um, in our family, just in regards to brother, sister type thing. Mm -hmm. God, that's crazy. So your dad's side was producing. They were out there literally producing. (laughs) Having the kids pumping them out. Our family reunions just like, insane like you guys have to rent out like a like montana or something like this <laughs> montana or how does that work yeah it's a little crazy we actually try to do family reunions once a year um, i don't think we're doing one this year but uh, we try to do one every year and it's actually pretty fun we have a family talent show we do we've been doing it for like 20 years and it's you know it's just it's all in good fun some people you know break out their guitars and some people are uh, you know doing lip syncs you know little uh skits and you know it's fun to see the kids up there but it's just a great time and i think it really a lot of it came from my grandparents who um, have since passed away, but you know, they just really instilled the importance of family. And to be honest with you, that's really how I think about our life and our business and why we run our own business. Why am I an entrepreneur yeah, for sure. is for that quality of life and that family time. So it's important. That's awesome. I mean, I tell you, I'm a little jealous of you. I mean, it's having that instilled, I think is invaluable. And the fact that you guys have like talent shows, <laughs> I think it's awesome for kids. Cause you know, I think it's, you know, when your kids and just everything, it's, getting up on stage or doing something is always kind of a daunting task. But if you start with family, I think if you start kids off young, yeah. out there performing and doing stuff or feeling comfortable, whatever it is, expressing yourself, I think there's some huge value in that. So it's awesome you guys are doing that internally because most kids don't get an opportunity for that. And when they do, it's like, you know, you're in college and they're like, right. hey, you got to do speech. And you're like, oh my God, like yeah. I've never like, <laughs> or 
close to a stage. Now what do I do? Yeah. You guys are are starting them off early. That's awesome. We try to. (laughs) They don't have have a choice really, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I think that's cool though. Cause I mean, if anything you can, and it's also nice to see other people do it. And you're like, Hey, uncle Larry kind of messed up a little bit. He's human, (laughs) right? So like I can jump up there and do something. It's, you know, I'm not, I can't be too far off from that or, you know, right. Uncle Larry's drunk and he fell or whatever the deal is. Right? Whatever, <laughs> Uncle Larry. We always, everybody has an Uncle Larry. In their oh, family. everybody. At least one. We probably that. have two or yeah. three of those. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one you don't know about. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been <laughs> reached out. But so tell us, I mean, other than the uh, family reunions that you're having and the, the talent shows, like what's another interesting fact about your family? I mean, is there anything fun that you're like, a lot of people don't know this other than your dad's side was producing a lot more than your mom's <laughs> side. Um, is there anything else? Anything fun? Any fun facts? I mean, I think right now, like, you were obviously, you know, like, my husband and I were married. We have two kids, our, our two boys. Our boys are 8 and 11. And uh, so, you know, we're sort of knee deep in <laughs> in that, just living the life with sports and, and school. And my youngest is in Cub Scouts, and my oldest is really involved in baseball. So I would say a lot of our lifetime is spent <laughs> in, you know, those, like, yeah. fold-up camp chairs, you know, by, by the sideline. Lars you know, a gazillion videos on my phone of my kids. And uh, <laughs> so lots of sports, lots of activities, and uh, which is fun. My husband volunteers a lot. Um, he's been a coach for our kids. And um, so, you know, we just try to, try to do a lot of family stuff. Probably not that exciting, but it's just, you know, I just feel like our kids are only little ones and time flies by so fast. You know, my oldest is going to middle school, which is crazy to me. So, you know, we just try to really make the most of our time together. We really love just hanging out and having, having our family time. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with it. I think that's awesome. I think there's, there's too many people out there that focus more on their career and less on their kids. I mean, I'll tell you, it does fly fast. And it's, I remember my grandma, this was a long time ago. And she's like, you know, it, you know, just so you know, Shane, like, you know, you're going to all of a sudden, you're going to be 25 years old. And I was like, Oh, grandma, you're so cute. Or, you know, it's like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And then it's over. Like, I'm not over, but I mean, yeah. it just happened so fast. You know, like my son is, it's, he's in his third year of college. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know how to handle that. Like when I, when he's like, yeah, we're going off to college. I'm like, God, you're going off to college. Like I don't, it's so hard. Like I still look at him as like this 10 year old kid, you know, yeah. like I, it's hard for me to really like make that transition in my mind of like really what's going on. And it's just, it's kind of nuts to me, but mm-hmm. yeah, you have to take advantage of this time. And we did, I mean, so my son was really heavily active in sports. So we were con, I mean the, the chair, when you talk about the chairs and all this, <laughs> all the equipment and <laughs> yeah, like just, we had like an SUV that was just constantly going some, you know, and he did a lot of competitive stuff as well. So we would be like, Oh, going down to San Diego wasn't an issue. We yeah. would just go to there or we go to Reno or go wherever. And it's all with these hubs of these tournaments. <laughs> these tournaments. So it was fun with the families and stuff. There is a part of me that misses that. And there's another part of me, like on the weekends, I'm like, I don't even know what to do. I mean, right. I work. <laughs> like now, you know, once that's gone, that's out of your life. I'm like, well, what am I going to do with my red cup now? Like I, I'm <laughs> what this next step is in my life. But yes, that's true. It's, it's good you're taking advantage of it as you should. That's awesome. Yeah, it's fun. It's a season, you know, it's like this small season in your life. And so. Well, it's a season till it's the next season. I mean, yes. what I mean is like <laughs> and my son, every season had something. It was baseball and he was in rugby. Right, right. <laughs> you know, soccer and it was, but it was fun. Good times for sure. I mean, it's, it's good to keep them focused because you know, you don't want to, if they don't have anything to do, then it's, you know, then they're, then they're on their iPad all day long. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Sports are good. So you said you live in the Bay. Are you, where are you at in the Bay area right now? We're, like, in, we're in Pleasanton. Ah, Pleasanton. Yes. Awesome. 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 I used to. Very pleasant. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, in a past life, I used to open restaurants for Chevy's Mexican restaurant. This was oh, many, yeah. many years ago. 
and we opened one up in, I think in Pleasant, or maybe in San Ramon. It was in San Ramon okay. over in that area. So I'm very familiar with that area in the sense that we, I was like stuck to a hotel and, you know, opening the restaurant, but <laughs> yeah, I like that area. actually there's a lot of cool stuff up there for sure. That's funny. I think I know exactly where that San Ramon Chevy's was. I'm pretty yeah. sure I went there a few times. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was there. I was there. I opened it for them and I was doing trainings and all kinds. I would put together their, their, their system that they would have for oh, wow. um, their uh, point of sale systems. So they called me Squirrel Boy because it was a squirrel. That the squirrel was their POS system they use. So anyways, I probably shouldn't have told you they call me Squirrel Boy because it sounds super weird. Somebody calls you Squirrel Boy. Super awesome. But it is what it is. It was my nickname awesome. at that time. Yeah. So where did you go to college at? I went to school in Long Beach. I went to Cal State Long Beach and, uh, you know, wanted to kind of get away from the Bay Area, wanted to still stay in California and kind of be close enough to home where if I needed to, I could drive home in six hours, you know, and wanted to be by the beach. I, I remember, you know, kind of embarrassingly thinking back to, you know, being 17 and going, oh, the word beach is in the school. That might be, that must be like a really cool school <laughs> to yeah, go to, yeah, yeah. you know, and didn't quite have the grades to get into like UCLA or anything like that. But yeah, Cal State Long Beach, go beach or the 49ers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's it. yeah. It's funny. So like we talk, so my son goes to Chico State. And so I think as in you were like fascinated with the beach and the name, my son, I think like literally, I think he went on YouTube and looked up the biggest party schools. And it was like, <laughs> I want to go to University of Arizona. I'm like, why would you pick that college other than you probably Googled it? Yeah. And then Chico State was the other one. And I used to own a bar in Chico, which is another conversation. And so it's just kind of interesting that because, you know, here we go. It's, it's one of those like, you know, it's a big party school. I mean, every school is a party school, but yeah. That was for him. That was impressionable for sure. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> what did you study in college? What was your degree? Communications. Ah, there yeah. So I was, I was a business major for a long time, and, but I quickly realized what I like about business was marketing, right? I like the yeah. fun part of, of business. You know, when, I, when it came to like calculus and statistics, I was like, you know, this is just a whole nother, <laughs> whole nother language yeah. here. And so yeah. uh, towards the end, I'm like, I met with a counselor and they're like, you should just switch to communications. And so I like literally switched at the last minute. I like did the entire degree, I think in like, I don't know, three semesters or something crazy or two and a half. It was ridiculous. I just sort of flew through it. And I was like, these are my people. (laughs) You know, where have you been the last four years? So, um, you know, it's one of those degrees that, you know, can go with a lot of different things. And it's, you know, ironic because, you know, what I'm doing right now, I'm doing, obviously, I'm a speaker and just doing a lot of stuff with our business and everything. So, although our business is social media and social media did not really exist when I was in college, you know, those communications the skills you learn there. I mean, it was, you know, priceless. It goes with anything that you do. Applicable for sure. Absolutely. Well, that's funny. It's like, I mean, I think most of the people that I interview, what they did in college is not what they do now, right? Because there yeah. wasn't like content marketing and hey, social media. There wasn't like <laughs> SEO and all this other stuff, right? Even yeah. influence, like it's kind of this new deal. So it's, it's interesting. Like I, you know, the amount that I use from my college experience is like minimal because I'd learned most of my stuff from just being online and grinding it out and doing stuff. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and that's 20 plus years now. So it's kind of <laughs> think about that. But how did you jump into the digital marketing side of things? Like, how was your transition? Like, did you like, what was your transition out of college? So did you like, what did you what happened there? Well, I got a job in college. And I started working for Cutco for vector marketing, uh, which a lot of college kids work for Cutco. I sold knives. Yeah. And um, it was actually it was awesome. I worked my way all the way through college selling Cutco, uh, which for people who don't know, it's like a direct selling company. So we would make appointments, go into people's homes, kind of like Tupperware, right? But it was nice. kind of the one-to-one direct sales. Uh, and it was awesome because as a college kid, I could set my own schedule. I could make a lot of money, have that like sort of freedom. And I got a lot of great 
I got a ton of great marketing experience, which looking back, it's like, if you can go into people's, you know, if you can go into people's homes and sell knives and cutlery, <laughs> you can do just about anything. And uh, so I did that for a number of years. And then I graduated and I got into their management program and opened an office for them and did a whole bunch of recruiting and, and re recruiting and retention and built a team and did all, all kinds of stuff. So it kind of became this little college job that turned into really kind of my first big career after, after college. And that's really where I kind of fell in love with marketing. Um, you know, and just learn a lot of, again, sort of life skills, like the, the value of building rapport, you know, the value of, of building value when you're trying to sell something, uh, you know, just, just sort of basic sales skills that I think are so valuable in, with anything that you do. And I, I still apply a lot of what I learned there to what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, I think that's funny. So Cutco, like, uh, and this is my pun, right? Runs deep in my family. So that was my one joke that I'll do on the podcast. But it, the funny part is, is like my wife's dad is like a Cutco fanatic. Like he, <laughs> obviously, you know, like you yeah. can recognize and they'll sharpen them for you and they'll send them back like yeah. their service. And what he does is he'll go and he, cause he does a lot of like these, um, go like art, you know, antique shows and all this kind of stuff. People get rid of these knives and not know what they are. And here, I'll just give them for two bucks. Yeah. And he'll get it for two bucks. He'll get it refurbished. And now you've got a $80 knife in front of you. So yeah like sets and sets of these knives like <laughs> if he passes away which i'm hoping he doesn't but probably in the next 20 years when he does we're gonna have like layers and layers of cut, like full sets of cut code knives like that's he, awesome i'm just a cut code. yeah like he might be your number one maybe not he wouldn't have been your number one seller because he's gonna find the discounted ones right but he's definitely an advocate so my that's we funny. have like cut code knives forever like they're they are everywhere like <laughs> they're pretty awesome <laughs> yeah a knife fight with the neighbors they would lose like i'm not that i'm advising that but i'm just telling you we would definitely win we have a lot more knives i don't know if i'd be as good with them but who knows i mean not that i'm looking to get into a fight with the neighbors but so you went into so cutco and then you transitioned from cutco and then when did you start your company the uh you're actually your own company that you had the kitty lance uh, consulting company was that after cutco or like what else happened in that transition so that wasn't until 2012. So there was a lot of time between college and me kind of going out on my own. But I will say, working for Cutco, when you are a Cutco rep, you're an independent consultant. And even when you are a branch and district manager, you're an independent contractor. So to me, I, that was never a scary thing. I, was, I remember being, you know, 18, 19 years old and thinking, this is amazing. Like, you know, there's this income opportunity yeah. and entrepreneurial. The harder I work, the more I make. Like that concept, I was like, that's me. And I think that was really formative. I mean, I, I, as I think from when I left that to some of the other positions I had over the years, I worked in a, I worked in retail for a number of years, and then I worked for a real estate company for a number of years. Every kind of step kind of, you know, kind of took me to step up and up and up as everyone kind of goes yeah. with life. Yeah. And, you know, it was just interesting. I just think about sort of that whole, whole trajectory. And when I worked for other companies, I mean, I think I was always kind of the person that tried to treat my job as if it was my own company you know, almost to a fault, you know, where it's like, okay, turn the off button off. Like, <laughs> you know, you're not getting paid enough to do this. It's not your company yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just caring. Uh -huh. And my last job before I went out on my own, I worked for a company called Inman News. Um, and Inman is kind of like the, it's kind of the Wall Street Journal, but for the real estate industry. It's, you know, a really well-known media company. And, and I got hired to do a lot of their marketing. And so that kind of really positioned me in the real estate space, which is who we serve right now with our company. And I got hired to be a marketing kind of marketing director, but then quickly transitioned to like social media director. This is probably right around like 2008, 2009, when social media was really exploding, especially for business. And I remember working with this media company going, 
you have so much content. <laughs> we got to get it off Facebook. You know, we got to get this on Twitter. And, yeah. Uh, so worked for them for a number of years. It was an amazing experience and worked my way up through the company and just kind of came to a point where I was just having babies and having kids and just wanting a little bit more of that quality of life and, and sort of freedom and flexibility. And, and so 2012, I decided to, to take the leap and, and go out on my own and uh, really kind of transition from being an employee. Then I became a contractor uh, and a consultant for Inman and then brought on a number of different clients. And, you know, I have to say there was a lot of sort of fake it till you make it. Didn't quite know exactly <laughs> what I was doing, but I knew I was good at social media. I knew I was good at helping companies grow that and, and develop their voice online and was just really passionate about the whole idea. I thought this is what, a, what an amazing opportunity. And I think part of that was because back in my Cutco experience, how hard I had seen everybody working before email, before social media, before websites. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, well, now there's so many opportunities. Like, this is so easy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? they're scanning it to you. Well, right. <laughs> cut code two is in, I think this is invaluable. And I've talked about this in other podcasts is just knocking on doors really, really makes it so that you're a salesperson. You really understand psychology and how people are yeah. and working with people. Like there's, I remember I used to, I used to do calls for mortgage for my buddy's mortgage company. And I was kicking and screaming every day that I would go to work <laughs> that really helped me like fine tune how to talk to people and how to work with people and the psychology of it and how yeah. to sell things and understand selling the value over the product. And there's just a lot of things that I think come to that, that you don't think about you. I mean, we think about because, you know, because we did it, but I just think there's some value that you don't, that they don't understand. Like my son was painting, like he, was, he was painting, he was selling painting services. Mm -hmm. And my wife's like, yeah, but he's not really making that much money. I go, yeah, but what's invaluable is the fact that he's knocking on doors and he's selling these services. Exactly. Right? And it's like a thousand people that slam the door in his face say, no, we don't want it. Then he gets that one person says, yeah, I want it. And then he gets excited about it and thinks, okay, what did I do differently with this one that I did with the other one? Exactly. Right. And so I think there's, there's huge value in that. I don't think you can I mean, grinding it out like that because it is a grind, right? Yeah. You know, not the doors. It's like, oh man, hopefully this is awesome. I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> oh, okay, great. Not awesome. Right. right? So, and this is the thing I want to talk about. So in now, I'm trying to think how big the company was when you were there. I had some friends that used to work there. In fact, mm -hmm. um, Rachel Gregg. Oh yeah. 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 I used to work with Rachel. <laughs> That's so funny. What a small world. <laughs> my brother's Justin Barker. And oh Justin really? Your brother's yeah. Justin? Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's my brother. Like I, when you were saying, when I saw that thing, I thought, Oh wait, I think we're going to have some connections oh, here. That's so funny. Rachel and Justin are like best friends. Yeah. yeah. And I, I've known Rachel forever. So she's married to Dre obviously. And yeah. as a kid she's in Sacramento, now they moved to Amsterdam. Yeah. She bought her car. When she left. So that's oh, really with that. Yeah. I mean, like it, she's family so, and my brother wow. obviously is, yeah, lives in San Francisco and was over at creative live and done some other stuff. But I knew that he was working with you guys or at least worked on some projects. And so yeah, done some video work for you guys. So anyways, I just thought this was going to be, I knew this. Was gonna be <laughs> yeah. Some of my very first videos I did with Inman were with Justin, you know, that's some of the first time I was ever on camera was with Justin. So that's, that's so funny. Barker boys. You got to watch out. We're everywhere. <laughs> we're in. We're playing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, small world. Small world. So, Tell us a little bit, so with your consulting company you started in 2012, like tell us a little bit some of your, the services that you guys provide. Like what do you guys do? I mean, I know some social media stuff, but really kind of drill down a little bit so I get an idea of like if anybody's listening and you're saying, hey, this is, this is the kind of stuff that we do and this would be a good client for us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have to say too, it's been an evolution. I mean, we're going into, it'll be our eighth, eighth year anniversary in October. And I think like any company, you kind of evolve. You know, I remember when we first started out, I, I had, I felt like I had this idea and then if you don't quite know exactly what you're doing, there's a, like I said, a lot of sort of fake it till you make it. And like, let's throw this against the wall and see if it sticks. <laughs> and uh, that's where a lot of, I would say that cut co experience came into play where I would, 
you know, put together proposals and I was selling myself and I'm like, look, I may not be the smartest person in the room, but I'm going to out hustle everybody. I'm going to work harder, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and make it happen. So when we first started our business, we were doing, I would say about a hundred percent. I mean, most of our business was consulting. We were consulting with brokerages, franchises, mortgage companies, helping them get smarter about social media, working with their leadership team. And our business has really evolved over the years. And right now there's really kind of three big parts of our business. The first is speaking. So I speak at a lot of conferences, especially in real estate and mortgage. It's just kind of where I become known, I guess, mm -hmm. in terms of social media. So that's a lot of fun teaching. The second is still consulting. So we've scaled back a lot on our consulting and we really learned that we want to work with people that we really want to work with, <laughs> who we're ready to yeah. work with. So we don't do any one-on-one -on -one coaching, but we still work with brokerages, franchises, mortgage companies, builders, anyone who has got that company presence and they're just feeling like, I feel like our social media presence is just not where it should be. We'll come in for a day or two or we'll go on retainer for a few months and just work with their leadership team. We won't do it for you, but we'll work with you on, a, on putting that plan together and, and we'll do an audit and tell you what's right and what's wrong and what we could do better and we'll help you hire the right people. And so that's something we love doing. I love just kind of like rolling up our sleeves and going, okay, what's going on? Let's peel back the curtain, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And then the last piece of our business is we have an online academy. We launched our Get Social Smart Academy a few years ago to serve individual agents who maybe they want to work with us, but we're just out of their price point and they need that training. They want that education. And we just found there's obviously tons of stuff out there about social media on YouTube, Google, but a lot of stuff's out of date and a lot of stuff has nothing to do with real estate. So, yeah. you know, we developed that as kind of an online learning library and you know, kind of like the Netflix for <laughs> real estate social media. So that's been really fun and it's been awesome to see our Academy members grow and learn and figure all this stuff out because stuff changes all the time. Yeah. And then when you have the Academy, so uh, I'm assuming you guys have like some videos and some training stuff. Yeah. Do you guys actually have like a kind of communicate and say, Hey, this is what we've got going on. We've seen this work. We've seen this not work. Yeah. That's probably my favorite part of our Academy. Yeah. So yeah, when yeah. someone signs up for our Academy, they can sign up month to month and they can sign up for a year, whatever, whatever they want to do. We're, we're very low key <laughs> about, about there's no contracts, you know, sign up, whatever. And once they sign up, they get access to all of our videos and webinars and training and everything. Like I said, it's a lot like Netflix, so they can access everything. But I think that my favorite part is our community. So we have a private Facebook group just for our Academy members. And I'm in there every week. I do something called Coffee with Katie, uh, which is kind of like what we're doing here, you know, and I, I jump in for a half an hour or so and do weekly Q&A with our members. And we have lots of special guests that come in and, and uh, we'll interview them. And it's become a really cool community where people really help each other because we have agents from all over the world. So yeah. someone will say, okay, I just tried this new app. Have any of you tried this? Or like, this is my first video I've ever done. What do you guys think before I put it on Facebook or, you know, Instagram or whatever? So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fun. It's neat. I think it's neat. I think there's just a lot of, you know, people get nervous, especially when it comes to social media. They don't want to look stupid. They don't want to mess up. They want to have a good presence. And so having a community of other people who are like in that same boat, you know, yeah, I think it's important. That's awesome. So I mean, I'm going to, and I, we touched on this a little bit before we started the podcast that I actually flip properties myself. So I have a real estate company where we flip properties. I invest in properties and we do that. So, and it's funny. So we just I'm actually just hiring somebody to do our social media and really be kind of like a, a VA for to ongoing business. We just opened another office. It's a long story. 
So I'm probably going to be reaching out to you about that academy because I would love to get some training. I mean, I can train somebody, obviously, but yeah. I think it'd be nice for, I can train them about this and I know enough about real estate to be dangerous, but it, there's, there's not as much value as it would be for a community that's in there doing it every single day. So yeah. I might reach out to you here soon and, you know, see what we can do about getting my new VA that I'm going to be hiring um, that's going to be working on it full time for that. So that's awesome. That's kind of good to That'd know. That'd be awesome. We'd love to have yes. him or her. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. We're not sure who they are yet, but they're going to be. <laughs> putting this out there. We're going to, I've got some resumes that are coming my way right now. So, nice. so you touched on, you said the get social smart community. So yeah. obviously ties back to your book. So tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote and why you wrote it and kind of give us some background there. Yeah. You know, I really drill into like what my philosophy is when it comes to social media. I don't think social media is the end all and be all. I don't think it's a silver bullet. I don't think it'll ever replace a phone call or a handshake or a handwritten note. I just think when done right, it can build relationships. It can make those relationships and, and contacts even stronger. And, yeah. you know, obviously we work with a lot in the real estate space, but regardless of whatever business that you're in, when done right, it's, it can just really make a huge impact on your business. And I think the challenge for a lot of people, especially if they're an entrepreneur or a small business owner or in real estate, is that it can be a real big time suck. You know, and you know, people, they hop on Facebook or they hop on their phone, we've seen this because they're bored, they have nothing else to do, or they're trying to kill time, or they're like in an awkward elevator, <laughs> you know, whatever it might be. And so we just really kind of drilled into the fact like, look, you don't need to spend all day on social media. I'm in the business of social media, and I'm not on social media all day long. So if you only have a few minutes a day, or, or whatever that might be, what does that plan look like? How can you get really intentional about connecting with your prospects, your customers, your clients, to build those relationships because that's what business is all about is relationships. And then secondly, how do you attract the people you want to work with through social media versus always chasing leads? And so that's a big thing that we teach, you know, in our consulting, but also in our academy, this idea of attracting clients, which also means by the way, that some people won't want to work with you, right? They'll see you on Instagram. They'll see your videos and they're like, I don't know about that guy. But then there's other people who are like, that guy's awesome, right? Like when they're ready to work with you, when you, when you're doing it right, when they're ready to work with you, they're ready to work with you, right? They're yeah. not calling around, you know, interviewing 12 different people. So that was kind of the, the philosophy behind the book is building relationships, getting intentional and attracting those right clients. And that's kind of where our academy came from. And then we said, you know, we got to put this all together in a book because, you know, selfishly, I love books. I love to actually read a book and mark it up. And I'm like, we need a book. So that's kind of where it came yeah. from. <laughs> I love the fact of making it intentional. I think the issue with social media is that you can, it's very easy to get sucked into the matrix. Yes. Right? You start looking at this and looking at that. And then on YouTube and three hours later, you're like, I just watched 48 cat videos. <laughs> like, right? Like, why did, what just happened? Like, yeah. where did my life just go? <laughs> it is, is if you know, you do, if you put that plan together, the five, 10, 15 minute plan, Hey, I'm going to spend 10 minutes on Instagram, but it's not going to be just looking at cats. It's going to be like being in, intentional with what your purpose is, right? Like, what is yeah. my goal? My goal is to comment on other real estate people or to look at the people in the market or do whatever that is. But once again, knowing that what is your goal um, that you have in mind for that, and right, because it's once again easy to get pulled into the matrix and pulled down the, the rabbit's tunnel and a funnel and find it, you know, and then obviously you come out and you're like, I did absolutely nothing. <laughs> I tell you, you know, it's a, a sobering moment for me, and I'm on my phone a lot. Is that when I get now, and now Apple actually sends me a thing on how much time I spend on my phone? Yeah, the screen time report. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've been like, oh, I want to look at that. <laughs> I mean, you know, obviously I'm on my phone, like when I do, when I work out, when I walk. And so mine is intentional in the sense that I'm doing stuff and, you know, trying to get out there, but yeah. it doesn't have to be daunting. I think that's the biggest thing is like people who go, oh my God, there's 50 different platforms and I got to be on them all. <laughs> you don't though, right? It doesn't need no. to be, 
you just have to figure out where you want to be. Like, you know, if you want to go do video, that's awesome. But if you absolutely hate the way that you look on video and you can't get over that, then probably you shouldn't do video, right? right. I mean, you got to figure out what your medium is. Like, where do you feel comfortable? And I think the biggest issue, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, is literally just getting started, right? Yeah. It really yeah. just comes down to that. It's like, on your first video, are you going to look ugly? Or are you going to look weird? You're not going to like, wait, yes. <laughs> like, there's the only answer to that is yes. Like, right? When you put right. your first piece of content, you know, if you're a perfectionist, is it going to be perfect? No. Yeah. It's like one of those things, if you go with it with an intention, hey, this is now we have a plan of why we're doing this, producing content, whatever that is. Yeah. Then I, the idea of like, then you're managing your time better because I think that's one of the biggest hard things, especially when you're an entrepreneur or you're, you're, you're an agent, you're looking at this thing and going, well, I got to spend some time here, but I got to figure out how much time I'm going to spend there and on what platform or where is this? It's also, I think that the academy you've developed is something to help people say, hey, listen, this is where we've seen successes. So great, now it makes sense. That's where we should probably spend our time because we're this type of agent. Right. And when we talk about agents, you guys also do, because like I said, I do fix and flips. So do you guys also do stuff like fix and flips? Is it all kind of like just an overall real estate community or is it mainly just people that sell properties? Like kind of give us a little breakdown. It's primarily, it's primarily full-time residential real estate agents. We have a lot of brokers as well though, broker owners. We have a fair amount of sort of marketing folks, social media people. VAs, as you mentioned, who might work for an agent or work for brokerage or work for, you know, someone with some people who do property management, but I would say primarily probably 70, 75%. It's full-time, you know, residential agents or brokers. And I would say probably the big thing that we really try to focus on with the people who are in our academy is that they, they're very relationship focused, which I think is, is great because when it comes to real estate for a lot of people, unless you're, you know, unless you're flipping, for a lot of people, when you buy a house, it's one of the biggest moments of your life, right? Sure. It's, it's a right up there with getting married or having kids. And I think for a lot of the people that we tend to attract in our academy are people who really do love what they're doing. They're in this business for a long time. You know, they're the kind of people who do send the handwritten notes and they do call on your birthday and they send the holiday cards, but they're, maybe they've gotten to the point where they're like, gosh, I just, I got to get a, I got to get a hand on this social media thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and which I think is actually per perfect because at the heart of social media is relationships. It's not just, you know, spamming your friends <laughs> to, yeah, uh, to yeah. buy something. It's like, it's the relationship. Yeah. so I would say that's probably the, the biggest demographic is those kind of full-time people who, you know, yeah. really relationship focused versus like getting all the leads. And there's nothing wrong with like, getting a lot of leads. It's just, it's, I think, I don't know, a little bit of a different mindset, you know? Yeah. And I think that's important yeah. because naturally those leads will come if you're educating people, right? And if you're once you putting yourself out there, naturally you'll start to see those kind of people coming in and they're going to start, if you can educate them and then naturally if they're going to go buy a property, they're going to go do something and say, well, I've been listening to Katie for the last yeah. two years and that would be the person that I naturally would work yeah. with. So I know exactly. the, the reason for this podcast we were talking about is like the content marketing execution made easy, right? So that was kind of the premise of this. So I, I want to kind of touch on that a little bit in regards to like, if like, what do you think the steps are to implement like a successful content marketing strategy? Like in your mind, if you're, you know, talking with a client and you're saying, Hey, to be successful, you, these are the three pillars or four pillars. Like what in your mind, what, what would you usually educate clients on to be able to be successful? Well, one thing we really usually talk about is this idea of creating pillar content. You know, pillar content is typically something that costs a little bit of time, money and energy. Right. And, you know, it could be, blog content. You know, like you said, if someone just absolutely does not want to be a video, it could be blog content, blog content. I am pretty partial to video content though, because I think, you know, as you know, there's nothing like hearing you, seeing you. I think it's obviously super powerful podcast content as we're doing right now, you know, podcasts are just exploding. And I think there's a lot of great opportunity for podcast content. And then there's like Facebook live or any kind of like live broadcasting. So we usually look at whether it's a big company or you're, or, or you're a solopreneur or whatever it might be looking at out of those four, 
blogging, video, live video, podcasting, which one of those is a piece of content that you could commit to creating on a regular basis? And by regular, it could be at first at least once a month, but ideally a couple times a month and even better once a week, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, and, for sure. you know, with pillar content, it's content that is timeless, typically evergreen content. So it's for real estate. It's not necessarily like, how's the market this week? That's, you know, that's going to change, but it's more of how do I get my home ready for the market and how to find a realtor and how to find a lender and why should I stage my home and all, you know, all these questions that we get asked. Yeah. So I usually will start with a client and ask them like, what are the questions you get asked all the time? What are those topics of conversation that come up all the time on phone calls and email? You know, those questions where you think to yourself, seriously, if I get asked that one more time, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. And literally, if you just take out like, a pen and a notepad, I mean, you could probably sit down and think of 20, 30 topics pretty quickly of things that you could ask yeah. all the time. And so that's always, I think, a really good place to start is thinking about your content and then thinking about a, a, a system for that. And I love video. As I said, I love the whole idea of, of you know, hearing you and seeing you. I think, I think there's a lot of power in that. And we also teach this idea of batch creating your content. So if you sit down and go, okay, great, I'm going to do, I'm going to do video and I'm going to put out a new video once a week, that can feel really daunting. But if you sit down and, you know, I always say if I'm going to do my hair and makeup, I might as well, you know, not just record one video, but I might as well bust out five or six. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, you're there. Right. And so you kind of think about that getting that into a system. And then it's about taking that content and slicing and dicing it, right. And repackaging it. Like, this podcast is probably going to get turned into a small little Instagram post or an Instagram story. It'll maybe go up on YouTube. It might go on Facebook and might get shared again on Facebook in three months. Like, you know, you repurpose it in a lot of ways. So as you start big with kind of your pillar content, how that's going to get broken up and then you can fill it in with other stuff, you know, things that happen in the moment or motivational quotes or little things that might be relevant to your business. Yeah. I think it's a great, that's really what it comes down to is I love the fact of creating one big piece of content and then slicing it up. Yeah. Because that's the other thing I've seen. I mean, you can do a podcast interview and you can turn that into a blog post. You can cut it yeah. up and like you put it on YouTube. I mean, you can do anything with it, right? You're, that's why I use Zoom, not that they're a sponsor or anything, but because I can get video and audio and mm -hmm. then that means I can cut it up and put it wherever I want. So that's the thing is that it can come in, it, you can have a piece of content, you can slice into so many different things. You just yeah. got to figure out how you're going to do that. I love the batching idea of content. It's the same with my podcast. I've, Mondays and Fridays are my time to interview for my podcast. So I Try to get, you know, I mean, I love podcast interviews, but, you know, I'll be get done, three done in a Monday and I'm just like, whoo, you know, yeah. man, I'm glad I made it through that. You know? <laughs> right. It's and, a lot. Yeah, at the end of my video, I'm like, you know, like things in my eyes. I'm like, wow, you look like you're a little tired. I'm right. like, no, I'm talking a lot, which is pretty natural for me. But yeah. So when we talk about the content strategies, what do you think, like, what are the biggest challenges that you think, like, for your clients and other clients is when it comes to actually executing a content strategy? What do you think the, the big hiccup is? I mean, I think there's a few things. I think, there's always the, what should I talk about? And then there's those doubts of like, do people really care? Do, is that really interesting? You know? And I mean, I really think when it comes to content marketing, there's, there's a couple things, you know, being informative is really important. If you can be entertaining, that's great. If you can be funny, that's great. But a lot of us are not entertaining or funny, but if you can be informative, that's really, really valuable. So kind of getting over the, who's going to care? Well, if you've had clients or customers ask you these questions, somebody cares, somebody has those questions and that's yeah. going to be able, you want to be that person that's going to give that value to people. They may not be in the market right now, but you know, as they see you and they see your content, if you're a realtor and you're putting out content about real estate and the industry and, and, and housing and home decor, you know, you've got people who are watching you and those people have friends and they have friends of friends, you know? And so just sort of staying top of mind. I'd also say a big challenge is people get kind of hung up in the execution part of it. 
like how should I record it and what kind of equipment and some people just kind of fall into this analysis paralysis where yeah. they want it to look amazing and they're not going to execute it until everything is ready and what I always try to tell people is look done is better than perfect yeah <laughs> and your first few videos as you said are probably gonna suck like they're probably not gonna be that great but it's just like anything you've got to put yourself out there and even if you just got a phone I mean you know I think about we do a video once a week to so get social smart show it's on YouTube and I think we're on episode 130 or something well the first 99 episodes like were shot on my phone <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was honestly only recently that I'm like, oh, I should get a light. I should get a microphone. Like if I had waited, I would have lost, you know, two years worth of doing it. So sometimes you just got to get over yourself. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that, I mean, you touched on this, like the technology we have, like literally you don't, I mean, you just, it's a tripod and your iPhone. Like yeah. the thing is, is people get into this, you know, once again, it needs to be perfect. So I need the best camera. I need this. I need to invest in this and it has to be perfect microphone. It's like, no, you can go buy a $30 microphone. That sounds epic. <laughs> like you don't need to buy the $5,000 microphone. Right? Right. That, and I think that's what happens is that, and I think naturally people want the best results. So they assume like, Hey, I got to wait. And it's also a thing because I think they're scared to death. Right. So yeah. it's like, I got to get everything in place. And even when you get all the best equipment, you're like, are you ready? You're like, I don't know. What are we going to talk about now? It's like, no, it's again, it's, it doesn't have to be that crazy. Right. It's yeah. the idea to start and just to get it going. And you know, it's will suck. Your first one will suck. Like I, <laughs> you know, I promise you and it's, but it'll only get better over time. And so, it, but it's actually putting yourself out there. I mean, you have, you right now you have two years of traction that you wouldn't have had if you said, I need the perfect camera because you would have waited for so long. Right. Yeah. That's the deal. It's like now it's up and going and great. Now you're tweaking some stuff to make it better, but you have an audience, you have that community that you've built. So I think that's important for a good takeaway is like at the end of the day, just get started, like get it going. You don't need no more excuses. You've got an iPhone, you've got an Android, you've got plenty, you got a $10 app that you can go and I mean, whatever it is, and it's out there, it can happen. And also I would say too, like, I think a lot of people think, well, a lot of people are doing video. A lot of people are doing podcasts, right? Which is true. However, most people don't stick with something very long. You know, I don't, I'm sure you've seen this. Like I hear people all the time, Hey, I'm starting a company. And then like six months later, they're like, ah, that didn't work out. So I'm going to go work for X, Y, and Z. Or I'm starting a podcast. Well, that, you know, I, I did four episodes and <laughs> then I got busy. Like, yeah. like most people do not stick with something. I hate to say it, but like if you're someone who's, who no. can stick with something, like you're ahead of the game right there. <laughs> Yeah, you know? well, it is consistency. I mean, I think that, you know, it comes down to that and, and you, all you have to do is you have to out hustle the next person. Yeah. Most of those people, if they don't see traction right away, you do a podcast, you know, do podcast or do YouTube. I've done seven videos and I only have seven subscribers. <laughs> it's like, well, okay, but you have to realize everybody started there. Like you're yeah. not going to take off virally because of your real estate video. Like <laughs> just right unless you do something totally outlandish and that you're probably becoming viral for the wrong reasons. <laughs> right. It's consistency, right. It's a frequency of that and consistency of that. And most people won't run that race. Yeah. Right. And if you can run that race and, you know, and be consistent with it, that's the hardest part. And I mean, it is, it's, it's just, I don't know. That, that is definitely the difficult part. So yeah. we talk about companies that like, what are some of the companies that you look at and you go, God, like they do an amazing job at content. Like there's some companies you look at them and you're like, God, when I get older, I want to be like that <laughs> an epic job. Any companies that come to mind? Well, most recently I've been really enamored with, uh, this might sound funny, but the New York public library, they're doing some amazing stuff with content marketing and so, and social media. I was just following what they were doing on Instagram and they actually have turned complete novels into Instagram stories, which is crazy. Their whole, you know, uh -huh. mission is like obviously getting people to read more and, you know, literacy and, and everything. And, uh, 
So if you go to their Instagram account and you look at their highlights, the other cool thing is they've saved their stories in, into their highlights. So you can, I think right now they have like eight or 10 literally full novels inside their Instagram stories. The first one I think was Alice in Wonderland. And then they did a few other classics and just to see visually, you know, you think to yourself, what's well, a big deal. You convert a book into an Instagram story, but just like what that actually looks like, how to show people how to go through it and read it. It was, it's really fascinating and it's, and it's beautiful. And, it, and they've developed a, a huge following for people who love New York. They love, you know, literacy, they love reading. And so that would be one to check out for sure. <laughs> and they've taken a, usually a, a boring subject of library. You think of yeah. Helen with the glasses and it's like, oh, I don't want to be at the library. And right. the listening to this probably don't even know what a library is. <laughs> Possibly they've taken a subject that is usually unsexy and have now made it something where they're pulling in the right type of people. Yeah. The Instagram stories, like they're actually doing the full novels? Full novels. Wow. It's just crazy. Yeah. And so they, they literally, with their graphics team, they've, you know, basically reformatted the entire story into that vertical format. And, you know, there's a few things in there, like they have this little button on each page that says tap here to hold because with Instagram stories, it just, you know, goes yeah. for every 15 seconds. So it's like a prompt for people to hold. And then they have a lot of interactive graphics throughout the novel as well. So it's, I mean, it's, it's literally a work of art. It's beautiful. And, uh, you know, I was reading an article and I can't remember where, where it was, but just about the impact that that has had on the growth, like the sort of the business reason behind that. I mean, they've had tens of thousands of new followers from all over the world. In fact, I think it's probably closer to hundreds of thousands of new followers from all over the world who've been, you know, attracted to what they're doing. And so, and, you know, growing their engagement and, and, uh, and all that good stuff. So really cool to see. And so that wasn't just, we'll reiterate, they started something and it probably took them a little while to get it going, but now it's bearing fruit for them, right? It's one of those like, hey, maybe they've been doing it for the last year and now they're even better than just people going. Now they have people talking about it, right? We're talking about it right now. And that's the exposure you're looking for, right? Because now you have more and more people talking about it. They're going to get interviews. And usually, you know, two years ago, we wouldn't have been talking about the New York Library. I pretty much promise you that, right? Like, no, it's, right. it's a new they've done and they're, they're using certain platforms and putting out certain pieces of content that people love. Yeah. I thought you would have said like they, we read a page or something, but like full novels is like. Crazy, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's awesome. sort of a big, audacious Yeah. yeah can you imagine <laughs> the person that pitched that? They're like, we're going to read novels through Instagram stories. And the people are like, you, you are high, my friend. I don't know what, what you were on, but I was going to work. And now a year later, yeah. they're like, yeah, I told them to start that. I knew yeah. that was um, Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so what are some, like, what are your three favorite tools, like, that you use, like, software-wise? Like, so, I mean, because there's always, like, Grammarly and there's some, you know, we've had some in the past. Yeah. What are your software tools that you're like, listen, I, I mean, I don't know if I could live life without these three <laughs> Wow, just three. I would say, I know, right? I, I know, right? So one that we use day in and day out, um, this isn't super sexy, but I think it's a valuable tool. It's uh, Asana. Just A-S-A-N-A, Asana. We use it for project management. And the, the way our company's structured, my husband's also my business partner. He quit his corporate job a couple years ago. So we're in this together. And then we have three people who work for us uh, virtually. So small team, small but mighty, but using Asana helps tremendously. And when you bring it back to content marketing, you know, it's, I mean, at the risk of having a cliche, it's literally a game changer. It's made a huge difference. And so anytime we have a big piece of content, like our weekly videos or my weekly podcasts or webinars, those all get put into Asana. They all get broken up into specific, very specific tasks, especially with distribution, right? We talked about this earlier. How do you take one piece of content and slice and dice it 12, 15, 20 different ways? Well, you break it up into tasks, right? You break it up into bite-sized yeah. pieces. So Asana for sure. I love that. And then there's, there's other great tools that are out there that will do that. But we've been using that for a few years. I also have been really obsessed, obsessed lately with later.com. 
Yeah. I use that primarily for Instagram and later.com. There's lots of tools out there that will do this for Instagram, but I just really like later. It's super simple. It's great for scheduling some of our content. Not that I believe in scheduling everything, but I think certain pieces, it helps to sort of get a plan in place, obviously, and have some things that are, yeah. are scheduled or they're in the queue. I love that you can reuse content with later. You know, a lot of people when it comes to Instagram, they post something once. And they never post it again, which I think is crazy. If you post a piece of evergreen content today, why can't you repost it on Instagram in three months? I'm not going to remember that you posted it, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of our content we will we'll upload into later and then we'll post once. We'll schedule it again in three months. We'll schedule it again in six months, depending on what the content is. So those are two big things. Oh, third tool, what could I not live without? I would say the other big thing is YouTube, to be honest with you. I mean, YouTube when we first started getting on YouTube, you, you know, you mentioned your brother, Justin, like, I mean, YouTube used to just be the place where we would like throw our videos. Like it used to just be like the library, <laughs> right? Yeah. And we like, we never look at it. They would get really dusty. <laughs> and uh, we really invested a lot of time and resources over the last two years in, in learning YouTube. It's very different than Facebook and Instagram. And sure. it's for us, it's really helped to build our community. It's helped us reach people that never knew us before. It has helped drive people to our email list, drive people to our academy. And you know, it's turned into so many different things. And so it's been, it's been really fascinating to kind of see that slow, that slow burn. You know, I don't have millions of subscribers, but I'm very proud of the you know, a few thousand that we have or whatever we're at right now. So staying consistent. Yeah. Yeah. Right. YouTube has been amazing. And especially with our Instagram growth, I'll just say this also, like, we've been really focused on growing Instagram because of um, just the, the, the attention that the people seem to be focusing on Instagram. A lot of our clients are on yeah. Instagram and there's a little bit of this like symbiotic relationship between Instagram and YouTube. Oh, for sure. For example, if we have a, if we have a video, we post a one minute clip on Instagram, you know, and linking the full video the, to, to YouTube, it's just a much better experience right? Then saying, go to our website or go to Facebook. Like it's one click. And if, if, yeah. if it's more than that for people, then it's, you know, they're out of there. So too much. Yeah. We, we've seen that uh, be really successful. <laughs> That's awesome. So I'm, I'm good friends with the guys over at later. Um, we've oh, done nice. some good stuff. Yeah. Some PR stuff for them, stuff like that. Matt, those guys doing, do an awesome job over there. So it's kind of cool to hear you to talk about them. They've got a phenomenal platform over there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. It's just, it's simple. I also love with later that a lot of what you can do is just write on your computer on your desktop, yeah. which I think for some people, you know, it's just, sometimes it's a little clunky to do everything on Instagram with your phone. So, you know, you can save hashtags, which is great. Like, yeah, I should be like an ambassador for them or something. That's <laughs> I'm it. a huge fan. I'll reach out to Matt. I'll let him know for sure. Okay. <laughs> and so if you could give like one piece of advice for like aspiring content marketers, like what would it be? If like, if you could tell, you know, Katie 20 years ago, if somebody whispered in your ear and said, Hey, this is, Hey Katie, you should look at this. What would the one thing that you could, you could give to the aspiring marketer or content marketer that's listening to the podcast right now? You know, I would say if I could give any kind of advice, it would be don't doubt yourself you know, don't wait. I think especially if you're listening to this and you're someone, maybe you're, you're younger or maybe you're in your twenties or whatever. And you think, Oh, who am I? I'm just like, I don't have a lot of life experience or I don't have a lot of business experience. Like, you know what? You have more than you know. And I think especially for someone who is in college or, or just finishing college or just kind of beginning their journey, you are at such a, an amazing place right now. <laughs> I mean, I probably sound old saying this, but thinking about where social media and technology and content marketing is right now compared to where it was 20 years ago, there's so many opportunities. And I would just say, start now. 
you know, if you're listening to this and you want to get into content marketing, don't wait for someone to give you a job. Like start now with whatever, what is, what is it that you love? Like, do you love comic books? Do you love cats? Do you love, like, what, what do you love? And yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk is famous for talking about this. It's like, what are you passionate about? And start there and, and, and be your own best, like, you know, kind of case study and create content, create videos, create, you know, graphics. And, and if you really want to go into that world of content marketing, which I think is awesome. I mean, I'm a little biased because I'm living it. <laughs> you know, sure. it's a great place to be. Give yourself that experience. Don't wait for someone else to give it to you. Yeah, I think that's the key. It's like, what do you enjoy doing, right? And, that's, yeah. and then it doesn't feel like a job. And then hopefully you can turn that into something, whether it be freelance work or something like that, or do an internship or something like that. Yeah. So you can touch on Gary Vee a little bit. Is, is, are there are any other marketers or anybody that you follow that you're inspired by or you get inspiration from? Is there anybody out there that you're like, man, I can't get enough of this person? Gosh, there's probably, I mean, there's a couple, you know, I, I follow social media examiner a lot. I think those guys are doing some great stuff. Michael Stelzner, I've been to, yeah. I've been to the, a lot of their events. I've spoken at some of their events and I think they, they bring together just really such a great high caliber group of people and, and, and educators. Yeah, for sure. So follow them a lot. I also really enjoy following Darren Hardy. He's the, you know, producer of success magazine and or founder of success magazine. And uh, it's really amazing to see how he's developed his brand as well through all the different mediums that he has with, you know, texting and audio and podcasts and videos and all the content he's putting out there. And one of the things he said a long time ago, I, I heard him speak that really stuck to me as an entrepreneur. He said, as an entrepreneur, what do you do that when you do it, it makes it rain. And that really spoke to me because I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, we do everything right. We're like, I can wear like 65 different hats. And as we have grown our business, I always think about, you know, what is it that I do? that really makes it rain. You know, I can do a lot of stuff, but do I need to be doing all those other things or should I just focus yeah. on the big stuff that, that brings in the, brings in the business, brings in the revenue. So yeah, those would probably be a few, a few folks that I, I look at. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. And I, we always tell our clients this too. It's like, not only the stuff that makes it rain, but what do you enjoy doing, right? Yeah. Out of the 10 things you do, or let's say after on screen, a hundred things you do on a daily basis. Yeah. And if you hate accounting, there's somebody that loves accounting <laughs> time for you, right? Like if, yeah. if you look at that, like what do you enjoy when you wake up? You go, wow, if I need to bring in revenue, this is what I need to do. And that's where you should be. Not over here figuring <laughs> out something else that you could pay somebody nominal amounts or have an intern or have somebody do. It's really because that's what I think we've done this over the years. I mean, now we're at, I look at like, what am I good at doing? Yeah. Like for me, I mean, I'm good at sales and some other stuff, but and speaking and all the fun stuff. But for me, it's like, I'm really good at shaking hands and kissing babies and chatting with people and doing that. So I need to do yeah. more of that, right? So yeah. that's where the podcast come about and speaking events and all that. Yeah. I enjoy that. And so that's where it brings the most value for the companies because I'm out there as a thought leader and doing the things that we're doing. So yeah. I think it's awesome that you look at it that way. It's like, what, what really brings, what makes it rain? I do. I like that's kind of a good little saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good reminder, you know, because I think it's easy to get kind of pushed into the, I don't know, you know, not minutia, but just it's easy to, to kind of get caught up in all the, all the stuff and, and to really think about what are some areas of opportunity that I could either hand off to someone else or outsource or maybe let go of too. You know, I think it's, yeah. it's easy. It's easy as you, you know, go down this road of, of entrepreneurship to, to just kind of always do the same thing as you've always done it. But you know, if it's not working, maybe there's an opportunity to change it or make it better. You know? Yeah. I think it's important to have those hip checks and take, I mean, I, <laughs> I actually had that with a, a client here just recently that, you know, we've been working together for a long time and I, I just don't know if they're getting that much value of the relationship and neither are we. And just yeah. it's not as it used to be. And so it's, 
you, know, you kind of go down that route. And I think it's, you know, you'd hopefully come to a situation where it's going to be a mutual breakup and hopefully we can still hang out sometime. <laughs> if it doesn't make sense for both sides, you know, there's no reason to force it. So, yeah. so what other cool projects you got going on? Cause I know you guys are always working on some cool stuff over there. I know you guys got that small, but mighty team over there. <laughs> what else are you working on a second book? Anything fun that you got in the mix? Well, we've got coming up, uh, we started last year doing uh, masterminds. So we started putting together mastermind events with just a small group of people. And our next mastermind is coming up in October of this year. We're taking it to Vegas, which is kind of exciting. We've Hello. rented Hello. out a big suite at the Bellagio and we're, you know, we're trying to have some fun with it. But yeah, yeah you know, we, it had been on my heart for a long time to do events. And I'm very cautious about doing events because, you know, I've been to a lot of events. I know you've probably been to a lot of events. It's, it's a huge undertaking. Yeah. And so we wanted to try to do something a little bit different. And so we put together sort of these small focus groups where we only have 10 to 15 people. And it's really geared for someone who's like ready to take their business to that next level. And, you know, we're all kind of in a, uh, you know, big suite and, you know, it's not a boardroom. It's not a big ballroom. We don't have sponsors. There's no sales pitch at the end. (laughs) And it's, you know, basically four days where we really dive deep into, it's primarily agents and brokers in real estate, figuring out their social media plan. And by the end of the mastermind, they walk away with their 12 month plan, locked and loaded and just, you know, roll up their sleeves and and, and get some work done. I think we've all gone to events where we get motivated and then nothing happens. (laughs) So we wanted to try to create something a little bit different. So we're excited about that. We're just going to probably do that once a year. So it's a, it's a big undertaking, but we'll see where that goes. And then, uh, yeah, probably at some point I would like to write another book. So that's been kind of percolating. I'd like to update my first book too. So, uh, we'll see. There's lots of things that, you know, percolating up here. <laughs> always, always something, right? I, well, you know, it's funny, we started doing workshops on the influencer side of things. And I tell you, it isn't a big undertaking. We did one in San Francisco and we had about 35, like, you know, Amazon was there and we had some really big brands. Yeah. That was a huge undertaking, but I'll tell you that more intimate workshop type deal yeah. and the conversations you have, it's so much different than a conference experience because yeah. I mean, we're, we're grinding it out. We have a workbook and we're going through stuff and we're yeah. asking, they're asking questions and doing this. And it's like, by the end of it, you know, when I have the guy from Amazon that comes up and he says, oh my God, this was super epic. And I'm like, do you work at Amazon? Like in my <laughs> mind, I was blown. You know, yeah. you know the content's good, but when they come up to you afterwards and go, man, this was like, this was insane. We need this. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's awesome. awesome. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, like when you don't think about it, but it's like, man, four days of, of doing that, that. I mean, whoever signs up for that is going to have, that's like four days is going to be epic. That's, that's super awesome. Yeah. We're excited. It'll be fun. We've done that. We've done two so far. So, um, yeah. We feel like we're getting a, getting a, getting into a good groove, you know. And the cadence going, yeah, yeah, good yeah. deal. Well, let yeah. us know when that and that happens. I'd love to help you promote that as well. Thank you, appreciate that. So, what else? I know you talked about the kids, and you know they get you, they keep you moving and shaking <laughs> with stuff on the weekends. But when you're not working, what do you? What else do you enjoy doing? I mean, my husband and I love to travel. I would say we probably haven't traveled as much, uh, just just with kids right. and stuff. But I uh, love the beach. That's probably why I love California. <laughs> We just actually got back from a pretty epic vacation. We took uh, we took a cruise to Alaska, uh, which was uh, so much fun. It was like a bucket list item to take a cruise, but also go to Alaska. And so that was that was a lot of fun. We did a Disney cruise, uh, which you know we're kind of big Disney fans. Also, I'm kind of a Disney nerd, <laughs> so that was super fun to uh, to do that. And uh, I mean, I love to read. We actually converted our like living room to like a reading room because I really want, I love reading. I just felt like I never really had time to read and like, you know, life happens and everything. There's so much going on. So just trying to focus more on that, especially with our kids. I feel like, you know, you're like the best example of, of that. So if I can show my kids that sure. we try to have that room be sort of a, a device free room. 
<laughs> Doesn't always happen. I know. <laughs> you know? I know how that goes. <laughs> so, you know, and then just, you know, being outdoors and stuff. We you know, Cal live in the Bay Area. Usually the weather's pretty beautiful, although right now it's hot. <laughs> yeah. But just being outside and enjoying the great weather that we have in California. We're very lucky. Yeah. We are. We are. It's a little more expensive sometimes, but I do. I tell you, there's nothing like it. I'm like, I'll pay a little more money to live in an area that's always beautiful and having fun. Exactly. Exactly. So what would you do? Like if you didn't have to work, like what would you do? I mean, it sounds like you'd probably be traveling with the kids and doing a lot of the same stuff. If money wasn't a factor, mm-hmm. sounds like that's probably what you'd be doing. I'm out and probably get an probably. RV or something. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, there's a lot of this country I'd love to see. I mean, there's so many great things in the U S and, and probably do a little travel abroad and, uh, we love Hawaii. So I'd probably spend some time in Maui, (laughs) you know, with a, (laughs) you know, yeah, I would say travel and, and probably just spend, if, if money wasn't an issue, I would say spend more time doing some, you know, things where we could give back. I would say that's probably an area of opportunity in our life we would like to do more of. And, you know, I just think it's the battle of the busies. There's only so many hours in the day, but we would like to at some point figure out a way to, you know, give back or do some volunteer work or, um, you know, maybe mentor some other, other folks. I think on a small level, I try to do that now. You know, we have, I have a lot of times, you know, entrepreneurs or people who are thinking of becoming entrepreneurs will reach out to me and, you know, want to take me to coffee or pick my brain or whatever. And I'm like, sure, let's hop on the phone for a little bit. And, you know, I think you always can benefit from helping other people. You know, if you can kind of turn around and go like, who's up and coming, who can I help give kind of a boost, you know, I think that's important. So I'd probably do more of that too. (laughs) See, it's funny. I I used to do a lot of that and I had to cut back a little bit because my wife's like, so you had 10 meetings then? I'm like, yeah, that's like just all helping people out. Yeah. And I'm like, is that going to pay the bills? Yeah, probably not. I mean, my, right, it makes right. sense. Like my wife is rough. She's not, but it's just like, you know, I was always like, what, I had a company called hot pad and I used to just tell me to be like, Oh, I got terrible back pain. I have this, I have that. And I'm like, I'm just going to send them a free one. And my wife's like, so at what point do you, and like, I feel like they really need it and they can't afford it. I'm going to send it. So, you yeah. know, it's, like I said, it's kind of, it's kind of funny when you, you look at that full circle. It's like, I got to cut back to helping out just a little bit to be able to do some of the other stuff that pays the bills. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's a little bit of a balance. <laughs> yeah, it always is. Everything's a balance, right? Yeah. <laughs> if there was one random fact that you could tell our audience, either it can be personal or business related, is there any one fact that you're like, people wouldn't, didn't know this about me or my business or personal? Like, <laughs> what's that one thing? Is there any one thing that you can think the audience would be like, I had no idea? <laughs> hmm, one thing. I think, I, I think some people who know me really well know this, and I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I'm a huge Hello Kitty fan. <laughs> really? Hello Kitty? Huge. Yeah, like I have a whole thing in my office. Like, and I think part of it is I don't have any girls. Like I'm the only girl in our house, right? So, uh, so you got to hold yeah. on to that. Yeah, like you know, here we go. I've got like a little notebook here. Hello Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to answer this. Do you have a Hello Kitty tattoo? <laughs> I, I, I don't, but if I were to have a tattoo, that would probably be what it is. Okay, I had a feeling. I just wanted to throw that out there. I didn't want to get too personal, but I figured that that would probably be where your weakness, if somebody said, hey, I want to get a tattoo, I want to pay for your tattoo, you'd be like, hello, kitty, let's go knock this thing out. Exactly. That's probably what it would be. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, Katie, this was awesome. Once again, you have a, a great personality and a great rapport. And I just, I tell you, this was an awesome interview. I thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank and if anybody sure. needs to get in contact with you, like how can they get in contact with you? Probably the best way is just through my website. Uh, so just go to katielance.com, K-A-T-I-E-L-A-N-C-E, katielance.com. 
and we've got lots of free resources. You can connect with me there. I've got an email newsletter you can sign up for if you, you know, want to get some tips and tips and tricks and strategies. And then all our social, you know, social media handles are there. And I'm pretty much Katie Lance on just about every social media platform. So that's awesome. Google me and you'll find awesome. me. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, Katie, you have an awesome day. Thank you once again for the interview. Thank you so much, Shane. All right. Talk soon. Thank you.